0: Uh, son-in-law, his name is Amato, and, and he also serves in their local church in, in California, and uh, he has became my good friend, and so we kind of had this relationship with them in certain ways, but I found out that they had this community event going on that the, is called the Drag Queen Storytelling um, event. And so in their city, um, they have these people who are um, not sure what their, their sex is or, or what their, their um, belief is in that and that sort of thing, who are telling stories to young children and trying to convert them. And so they decided that they would go to the mayor with this and speak their concerns about biblical views on that. And they went to the mayor's office and they asked the mayor if they could have prayer before they started their meeting. The mayor declined that and was very hostile towards them. Um, they, They had a meeting with the mayor. The mayor said, this does not matter. We are still gonna go forward with this event and that sort of thing, even though our community does not want to have it. So they continued to speak out about it. They had news agencies that came. They hosted these big media things where they spoke what they felt God wanted them to speak inside of that their, their city there and they, they, they publicize that we are against this and we do not stand for what this is. Um, however, just uh, I, I believe it was last night, their church was vandalized because these people are not happy with them. Um, they spray painted all sorts of stuff all over their building, it's, uh, a lot of it's destroyed, a lot of things are going on in Jesus' name, but we still know the God that we serve. And we know that we stand for certain things, and there's a reason that we stand for certain things, and that the people inside of this world aren't necessarily going to enjoy the things that Jesus has proclaimed that we need to stand for in Jesus' name and the way that he created us. So I believe tonight that we can pray against that, because believe it or not, it's not just there, it's an absolute spirit that is here as well, and we're not praying against those people, but we are praying against that spirit that has attached itself to those people and has brought that environment in, and I believe tonight that we can pray with them. They have asked for for prayer for their church and for that sort of thing. So if we could lift our hands up tonight and we could join together, let's just pray and let's push that back just a little bit tonight. We have a few minutes here. I know it's Wednesday night, but let's just speak against that in Jesus' name because we know the power that is in that name. God, Lord, we proclaim that tonight God that your name is higher it is more powerful God it is stronger than any other thing that can come against these other churches Jesus we believe Lord that you will not let your church fall to these spirits that are there God but Lord that in your authority God these spirits will be pushed back God and pushed away Lord that we will proclaim your faith God I pray that you would strengthen that church God that anybody who has been intimidated by that spirit God anybody who has been brought down by it God that they would be able to stand up and say what they believe in Jesus through the power of your name, God. Bring truth, Lord, and begin to take scales off of eyes, God, to see what your truth can do, God, what your power can move, God. And I pray for a protection, God, a hedge around your people, God, Lord, that you will continue, Lord, to strengthen them in these times, Lord, that in these times, Lord, we would believe in your truth through that power there, God, Lord. As these things are spoken, God, move those areas, Jesus, that you have requested to move. And by your power, God, we speak against that from coming against the people of you. God, we speak against that from coming against those that need to be baptized and receive your Holy Ghost, God. We speak against that coming against everything that you have created. in Jesus' name, Lord, we believe that tonight, God, that those things cannot stand, God. They have no power or authority against you, Jesus, Lord, but you have it all, God, to bind them, God, and take it away in Jesus' name through you and what you are doing. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, God, let it be spoken, God. Let it be spoken in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Let's praise him and thank him for what he has done here tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, what a powerful God we serve. Before you are seated, if you want to grab a new booklet tonight, you can. We are on a new series here, so you'll need a new book for these lessons that we will be going through here tonight. And then you can be seated if you already have that in Jesus' name. If you need a pencil, there are some over here on the side in Jesus' name. And we are excited about what God is going to do through this next series here Jesus name. I just want to kind of finish up what we prayed there. Um, Again we aren't against people but we absolutely serve a God who is powerful and as we get into these end times or these days I don't want to scare anybody but we are absolutely going to face battles and trials and things that we will come up against when we stand for what we believe in and not just what we believe in but what scripture says and we're going to proclaim what scripture says and not be intimidated by people um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. I, uh, I, I was at a school district board meeting last night and uh, same thing, uh, that there's, there's a certain group of people that they aren't getting their way and they have threatened to completely sue these people as individuals and that sort of thing. And, and I just remember each one of them speaking, you know, this is really unfair, it's really uncalled for for you to threaten to sue us and threaten to do all these sort of things just because we're trying to make a decision that we feel is right. And, and I, I believe, you know, as, as we get into the things of God, we're going to have people that are going to create threats against us, not only spiritually, but also physically in this world. And we absolutely cannot let those things intimidate us from speaking the truth that God has given to us. We must stand strong and stand firm on, firm on it, not that we are out there just blasting people with it, but we believe it, and we know that God has given it to us. And so, as a result, we need to proclaim what is true, otherwise will deceive people and and potentially pull them away from what God truly wants to do inside of their lives. And so we we speak those things um, as a result of that. But also at that school district board meeting towards the end of it, I just uh, remember one of the gals, she was saying, you know what, those of you that are Christians in this room, Uh, um, we we need to pray about this matter and we need to pray strongly about this matter because God ultimately needs to have a say inside of it. And I was very impressed that she was willing to stand up in front of this group. And Brother Scott was sitting um, a few rows back from me and, and he was saying that there was somebody that was behind me that as soon as the word God came out, they stood up and they rolled their eyes and they immediately stomped out of the room because they were believing in that stuff that that church that that we're against and that sort of thing so i mean it's it's uh, it's pretty incredible what we are facing and, and they're becoming more vocal about what they believe they're, they're becoming more protestant and that sort of thing and i'm not saying that we need to get that same way but we absolutely need to be willing to speak up and to stand for what we believe in um, god has definitely given us that ability to speak up when we need to speak up and to say things that need to be said when it's the right time to say those things we shouldn't be intimidated by saying those things in in certain committees and things like that so just remember that as as you continue forward um, in this life and in this world in jesus name so it kind of ties in with what we're going to be speaking about for the next four weeks a series of unplugged they're basically getting away from certain things so that we can connect on deeper levels with jesus i think we all have areas inside of our life of things that we can unplug from or things that we can move away from we're not just speaking about electronics here but many different areas of our lives So we can draw closer to Jesus because we all want a deeper walk with Jesus. We all want a closer walk with him. And this series is going to give that idea if if time permits. And and I haven't discussed this with Pastor Carnahan, but on the last of these lessons, it's speaking about social media and our proper use of social media. Um, Within that, I would like to try to ingrain part of uh, the dangers of social media. I'm sure that even those of you, so I'm, I'm 26 years old and I thought I knew quite a bit about media until I got into high school. And um, once the students started teaching me about what they could do inside of that, I was just flabbergasted and awestruck. And so I think as apostolic parents, there's some things that you need to know that your students could have a hold of on, your, on their phones or their devices that are very dangerous and, and you would have no clue, you would have no idea because if you're like me, you just don't know. Um, And so I I think that we might try to put some of that in there just for your all help and and your benefit in raising your children. I think it would be a a good idea. So we have many good things inside of these lessons, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about what's going to happen here tonight and uh, just kind of where we we go through some of these things here. So um, let's start with the scripture, and this is in Luke chapter 10 and verses 41 through 42. It says, And Jesus answered, and he said unto her, Martha, Martha. You are careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. I can't remember when it was, but it was um, uh, probably a couple months ago. Pastor Carnahan spoke an incredible lesson on this. You might have to dig through some podcasts to to hear it, but I, I remember it was very powerful. So something you might consider looking up after the service tonight in Jesus' name. But I will read this story to kind of bring this scripture to us and help us understand What god is trying to show us through this tonight it says many guests had filled their home that day to hear jesus and martha was well aware of the privilege it was to have the teacher in their home and she was determined to do everything just right when she was a girl her mother had drilled into her and her younger sister mary what their duties were when guests were present it was a time to serve not to sit around and it was a time to give not to receive Martha had the the day all planned out and Jesus would provide the guests with some good teaching while she and Mary would provide them with good food. Everyone would be satisfied and she hoped and pressed, but Mary was ruining Martha's plans. Has anybody ever had that where you're planning something all out, but then there's that one person that has to come in there and ruin your plans or doesn't do it just right and then all of a sudden your good plan begins to fall apart. That's what is being faced here. So Martha could not believe that Mary was not helping her. They had already discussed everything, and Mary knew what everyone present expected of them and knew Martha could not adequately serve the meal alone. Martha's anger grew from her embarrassment, and she came into the room again to bring the next course of the meal and tried to catch Mary's eye. But Mary's eyes were fixed on Jesus, and that was it. Martha had enough of Mary, failing to help her, sorry, that Martha had enough of Mary failing to help host the meal while giving the impression she was now a disciple of Jesus, sitting at his feet, no less. And she also had enough of Jesus tolerating Mary's bre- or breach of protocol. Martha couldn't contain herself any longer. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. The room went silent, and Martha had rebuked Jesus. Jesus looked at her kindly, knowing she was just anxious to honor him and to fulfill the duties everyone present expected of her. His reproof was gentle. He said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus' reproof stung, and Martha was embarrassed, but she initially saw what was truly important. Martha put down the serving tray and joined Mary at Jesus' feet serving a feast could wait feasting at jesus's words could not it is easy to fault mary and wonder why she was so spiritually dull as to not realize that listening to jesus's teaching was more important than serving a fancy meal but are we really that different martha was distracted are we not also Are we not likely to neglect personal or work-related business because we are so engrossed in our relationship with the Lord? Or are we more likely to neglect our relationship with the Lord because we are so engrossed in the busyness of life? How many times have we rushed through our time of prayer and not prayed all because we felt that we had to get on with a work project? And how many times have we cut short our time of Bible reading or not read at all because we felt that we had to take care of one of many things piling up around the house. Most of us would like to be like Mary, but find ourselves acting more like Martha. If we do not make a definite decision to withdraw or unplug from the busyness of life in order to spend time with the Lord, we will end up being carried along by a tide of tasks or by other distractions. Little, if any, time will remain to give to what is most important, our relationship with him. People and things in our lives will not make time for us to spend with the Lord. We have to make time ourselves. In the story of Martha and Mary, Jesus did not reprove Martha because she was doing wrong things. He reproved her for doing right things in the wrong time. She was working when she should have been resting and listening to Him. The act of serving itself is obviously not wrong. At certain times, it would be precisely the right thing to do. We see this in Martha's own life. And just days before Jesus was crucified, he was once again in Martha's home. And once again, Martha was serving. But at this meal, Jesus did not correct her. Why not? Because her busyness was not interfering with her relationship with him and her learning from him. They were simply enjoying a time of fellowship. And on this occasion, it was right to be busy. I think this speaks to many of us here. The example of Martha serving in these two scenarios and Jesus' different response to each show us that there is a time for work and there is a time for spiritual renewal. Both are necessary in life at their appropriate time. God has designed us to live in an alternating rhythm of engaging in work and then withdrawing or unplugging from it for rest and renewal in his presence. Like with Martha, many things, even good things, vie for our attention and can distract us from our relationship with the Lord. This is why Jesus' words to Martha must remind us that we too need to make time for spiritual renewal at his feet. Jesus' words to Martha call us to embrace what has often been called the Sabbath principle, which is what we're speaking about here tonight. The Sabbath principle, or withdrawing from certain things so that we can begin to rest. And so, we must begin to think about some of these things inside of our our personal lives as well. So, let me ask you a question here tonight. When you hear the word Sabbath, what comes to mind? When you hear the word Sabbath, what comes to mind? Sunday. Sunday. Okay, that's a good answer. Rest. Rest. Amen. Church? Sorry, sister, I didn't hear you. Holy? hmm Jesus, amen. Kind of bringing an equation together here. Anybody else? Completion. Completion? Okay, seven days, yeah, number seven. Yeah, anybody else? Yeah, I mean, if you're a mathematician and we begin to add some of these things up that we were speaking here, um, it does begin to show us an idea of the Sabbath day a day of rest, day of Jesus, that sort of thing kind of in modern times, but really the Sabbath principle comes from an Old Testament idea. And so that's what we're going to discuss at the beginning part of this lesson, and then we're going to turn it to the New Testament and begin to apply it to our lives as well. And so, God commanded his people in the Old Testament or God commanded yeah, God commanded his people in the Old Testament to rest on the 7th day Of the week as you all said so the 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 completion of that week and that sort of thing what this means is sabbath comes from the hebrew word which means shabbat or it means rest Um, so it means a day of rest and back in these times if you looked at the old testament you would see that the seventh day or the Sabbath day was a day that was truly meant for rest, where God did not want them doing any sort of extra work or did not want them do doing any sort of crazy activities or any of that sort of stuff. He wanted the focus to be solely on them and what they were doing. If you remember, they had to gather food on a daily basis. They would gather the manna and that sort of thing, and so God told them that every day I want you to gather just enough food for that day. Um, otherwise, it's going to spoil throughout the night, and then it's going to be no good that the next day. But... God changed that when it got to the end of the week where he said, when you get to the second to last day in the week, I want you to gather a double portion. So basically for two days, because you're going to have to gather enough food for the Sabbath day, because I don't want you working on that seventh day. I don't even want you gathering your food up, but I want you to have a sole focus of worshiping me and putting your eyes on me. It was something that God wanted to show them this is a very important time, this is something that's very sacred, and he was really beginning to represent what it would become in, in our modern day era when we we're in the 21st century and struggling with various things that we have to unplug from, that that same representation would, would begin to flow over into our lives and who we are today. And so if you see that God makes it so important that back then they couldn't even gather food on that, that Sabbath day, then you begin to see how important it is for us to spend time with Jesus in today's world or to have some sort of time where we are plugged into him on that day. And so um, let let me ask you this question. What, What do you all think are the reasons God commanded his people to keep the Sabbath? What are some reasons you think he commanded people to keep the Sabbath? I gave you a few, but what are some of your ideas? asking a lot of hard questions on a Wednesday night. What's that? Because he, he, rested. he rested? Yeah, that's a great point. Because he said to. He said to. <laughs> yes. Yeah, very much so. That's a great answer. Yeah, he wanted to show you his first. Wanted to call people out because he said it. I mean, man, if we all just listened because he said things, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we're all guilty. Yes. a very good point. You see them being led into the wilderness and then what do they begin to do with their work and their extra time? They build idols that are contrary to what God wanted them to do. I mean, to to me it just like blows my mind and I just have to laugh at it because I'm like, my goodness, us as human beings, the things that we do sometimes when, when we get those times and we pray for that sometimes of God just give me that extra five minutes because I could use it for so much more and then God gives it to you and then you spend it on you know Facebook or something my generation or whatever you know but but like it's true it's the things that we think about that sometimes with this Sabbath God had to make a specific point that there's an important time that you need to be drawing closer to me and there's a specific reason that you need to be drawing closer to me and we're going to look at some of that there so The point of the resting, it was not just to get a day off or just to get a day where they could kick back and to relax, but it was to give space in their lives to be rejuvenated both in body and spirit through the worship of God and hearing of his word. It wasn't just meant to be a time of relaxation, but to be rejuvenated by the God who had created them. And so you can see this in the scripture here. It says in Exodus 20 and 10, it says, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God and in it. You shall not do any work, nor you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your maidservant, nor the uh, manservant, nor the maidservant, nor the cattle, nor the stranger that is within your gates. He's specifically mandating these things. I mean, even your cattle, I don't want them out there doing any sort of work in your fields and that sort of thing. I don't want you tending to that stuff, but I want your, your undivided specific attention on me and what I am doing if we think about our lives, and, and we're going to have to ask ourselves some honest questions as we go through, through this lesson, but if we think about our lives, what, what time in this past week have we given a full dedication to Jesus where we have set everything aside and we said, you know, dinner isn't important, my meal isn't important right now, uh, you know, what, what's going on on my cell phone isn't important right now, I'm going to set that aside in a different room. Uh, I'm going to get to this place where it's just me and God and that sort of thing. How much time have we truly spent in this last week with just us and Jesus? where we are completely separated or truly listening to what Jesus or or God at this point in time has begun to mandate to these people. If we truly ask ourselves that question, we might begin to see some areas that we may need to improve on or, or begin to put things aside. I know that cell phones, and we're going to talk about them later on, are something that we all have. But there becomes a specific time where you have to begin to put that thing and shut it off and set it aside, not just put it on silent mode. Because as soon as it vibrates, I mean, instantly, boom, you're going to be thinking about that in prayer. Because I'm one of you in my generation that's my thought process if I'm in prayer and I hear my cell phone go off I start thinking man who texted me oh it's got to be important I start coming up with excuses like I better check it because what if what if somebody's dying right now and they they probably texted me just to let me know that that sort of thing they didn't call me so I got to go check that text message to see what's on it and it instantly begins to draw me out of that prayer time so I've learned that man I got to put that thing Uh, on on a dead-off mode, or i got to put it in a particular place where it cannot affect me and my relationship with Jesus at that particular time. It's like the same thing sitting across the table from your friend, and and, uh, I don't know if you all have friends like this, but there's some, uh, I actually don't have friends like this because I quickly don't become their friend anymore, but they're just on their cell phone, and they're just scrolling through things, and you're talking to them, and they don't hear a single thing that you say, and you're just like, okay, whatever. I eventually just get up and I walk away because I I really don't, I mean, it annoys me even inside of my generation because my people are doing that. But if we're doing that to Jesus, think about how annoyed he's getting at at certain points. I mean, not that he's getting annoyed with us, but think about that relationship that he's saying, man, I I just want to have a discussion with you and your stinking cell phone, not some spirit, not some devil, not something that's evil, not, not whatever's out there, but your flesh and your cell phone is getting in the way of us having a conversation right now. Just how powerful is that thing or that device that we have in our pockets? There's an incredible time. And so I'm saying these things not to condemn anybody. I'm in the same place as you all as well in Jesus' name. But I'm trying to just make us think about some things that maybe there's some stuff out there that even if it's not evil, we still need to consider it and consider how it impacts our lives and how it impacts our relationship and our spiritual walk with Jesus inside of that. And so going back to, to what this is here, we're saying that this was a day to be dedicated unto the Lord your God. It's meant to be specific towards Him, is what the New Living Translation says. And so, the rest was to be taken in His presence. It was meant to be taken in His presence. Has anybody in here felt that amazing rest in His presence in Jesus' name? I know you all work hard on Wednesdays, and you come to a Wednesday night service, but for me, even when I came to a service like this after working hard throughout the day, I just loved coming in here and just kicking back and feeling the presence of God. Even if I, I wasn't able flesh, you know, with my flesh and physically to go crazy and dance around and stuff because I was tired, I still enjoyed just coming in here and listening to the word of God and the presence that was flowing inside of this room. I mean, that, that's the powerful thing about a Sabbath day or what, what, what God is speaking about here is that on that day they were meant to entertain that presence of kick back and say, God, it's all yours right now. It's not where I'm bringing all my stuff to the table and slogging through all this muck and this mud and that sort of stuff. Right now, God, on this day, I, I'm letting you come in to impact me. Whatever you want to say, I, if you want to move those things, you can do that, God. But if you want to do something completely different, then speak that to me. Let Let that happen on this Sabbath day inside of your presence. It was a powerful time where people could really connect with God and connect with what he has done. And so that same presence that we feel in here is something that you can take to your household. And even if your day is incredibly busy and and you're just driving location to location to location, you can still feel this presence inside of your car where God can come in there and begin to move. Maybe you're you're listening to the Bible through your your stereo or something like that, and just as Scripture comes through and God begins to move, and you just say, God, whatever you want to speak, just let it be spoken. Just begin to move inside of, of this vehicle. I mean, you can pray those prayers in Jesus' name, and he will show up, and he absolutely will do those things. And so it was a specific day of request, and it, and it was something that... Um, That that with the new covenant, in the same way, it was in the old covenant. So it applies to us the same that it applied to them. But the Sabbath of the old covenant, along with the rest of the law of Moses, was a shadow of the things to come eventually In Christ. It was something that was giving them an idea of what would come in the New Testament, but they still couldn't fully comprehend what was inside of that. The scripture says that there there was apostles and prophets in that sort of or the, the, the prophets back in that time were able to experience some incredible things of God, but yet they were never able to fully obtain the promise that God was giving to them. And it says those things because it's basically saying that, my goodness, we all have that promise, and we all have those ideas now. There were things that they could have predicted back then, and they did in some of their their scriptures, but they're things that we actually get to live out nowadays, and things that we absolutely have uh, some some incredible tools at our, our resources here in Jesus' name. And so this principle of the Sabbath, setting aside time for rest and spiritual renewal, it is a necessary foundation for our health, and for our ongoing relationship with God. Without rest and time spent with God, relationship with God is impossible. And so as a cru- it is crucial that we embrace the Sabbath principle it's impossible without having sabbath in our lives to have to 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 be able to have a relationship with god just consider how incredible that statement is in jesus name it's not just about showing up to church it's not just about hearing the good preaching and that sort of stuff but it's about having a specific time where we come together and we worship him and we experience his presence in jesus name I love what Nathan Thompson has set up for the men, and, and, and uh, I don't know what the heartwork work thing is like for the ladies that Sister Scotia has set up there, but truly what they're trying to show is they're trying to demonstrate this on this, these trips, taking people to areas where cell phones no longer have any sort of seri- service, and, and beginning to, uh, the first thing that Nathan Thompson says on a guy's trip is he says, hey, if you can shut your cell phone off, shut it off, and you're going to leave it off for four days, and, and and you see it instantly. I mean, there's guys that begin to look around the group, and they're just like, like panic, and they're like oh I can't do that there's just no way that I can do that and that sort of thing and so even for me the first time I did that it was a little bit of a challenge but I'm like you know what I'm gonna do it and I shut my phone off for four days and it was just amazing how it changed my perspective on so much of what was going on and, and when you go out and you get lost in wilderness where you don't have those connections and you connect with Jesus what he does through that. But we can do that inside of our household by shutting down distractions and moving those things aside and beginning to pray and beginning to seek his face. And that's what we're, we're speaking about here. And so we need physical rest from our labor. But in this lesson, our focus is specifically on spiritual renewal and the fundamental practices that make this possible. And so we're going to talk about the ways that make this possible possible for you tonight. Ways that you can have a Sabbath in your own life in Jesus' name by becoming unplugged through this Sabbath principle. So that's kind of all sorts of craziness up there, but it says one way to live the Sabbath principle is to set aside one day a week. This is hard to read. To focus on the worship of God and to include in this day our gathering with other believers. I'm going to read it from a straight sentence. One way to live The Sabbath principle is to set aside one day a week to focus on the worship of God and to include in this day our gathering with other believers. And so it's important to to, to consider this. I know that there are some churches out there that have made it a specific mandate for their people, that they have said that on the the. The Sunday of the week, you will absolutely not do any sort of work. You will go to church. You will be involved in this. You cannot do any sort of thing. And they basically put rules and restrictions and that sort of stuff. I don't think we need to become that extreme. But if, if there's something in your life that's preventing you from having a Sabbath with Jesus, then maybe you do need to become that extreme. Because ultimately, what Jesus was teaching us in the Old Testament begins to translate into the New Testament, saying that we are meant to be in church if we can be in church. I understand in our our community, specifically here in Gillette, that we have various work schedules and and sometimes we just cannot be here because we're working and that sort of thing. But we absolutely still need to make sure that we have some sort of a Sabbath a week. And What I mean by saying Sabbath is a time where you come together with other people and you worship God and and you let God fellowship with you all and you let God begin to pour into you. Because when we come together with this, and we just came off of the friendship lessons, but when we come together like this. Not only does that ministering happen between one another, and we begin to see the testimonies of what God is doing in other people's lives, but we begin to feel that fellowship with God, and we begin to realize how essential it is for us to have a church body or to be involved in church. And so we we, we see in the life of Jesus that the prominent part of his day of dedication to God was for him to gather with other Jews in the synagogue for worship and to hear the word. That was part of Jesus' ministry is he would go so that he could gather together with these people that were like him. So he could gather with these people who had the same faith. You know, if you go in this world and and you walk through those things and you come up against those challenges like the one we just prayed against, it is going to wear you to a pulp. It is going to absolutely beat you up. It's going to tear you down and twist you and that sort of stuff. I'm not making any means about it and, and that sort of stuff. But when you come together and you see your brothers and sisters and you see, man, you know what? This person can do it. This person can make it through those circumstances. This person's still standing strong and living for Jesus. I saw them make it through this this particular situation. Then it begins to strengthen you and give you the strength to be able to stand up and to proclaim what God has called you to, to, to speak to those people around there. Something that I wrote in my notes, and I I just want to say this, that the Sabbath day, it's not meant to be a burden, but it's meant to be a refreshment. Uh, There's so many that that make Sunday day as a, a man, I got to go to Sunday church again, and (laughs) man, this is probably, you know, like, I love going to church, and you get to church, and get all rejuvenated, but then, man, you get out of church, and you're like, wow, I'm glad that's over, so now I can go into my house project, or whatever, there's some people that say those things, and and if you're in here, I would encourage you to really focus on changing that idea, because Jesus doesn't want us to have that perspective, he doesn't want you to have to come here, and feel burdened, and weighted down, and man, I better act perfect, and I better be this way, or else I'm not, you know, it's just, or else the people aren't going to like me, or that sort of thing, no, Jesus wants us to come as we are and to come into his presence and lay those things at his feet so he can take those burdens from us and begin to pour that water into us that's going to keep us running for the next part of that week in Jesus name that's how we get rejuvenated and refreshed and that's why we need a sabbath day where we're dedicated to him not just thinking about how much time it's taking from one of the days of our week but thinking man you know what if i get to church an extra half hour early and i get in the prayer room man that's powerful like i get to meet with jesus that's exciting. That's not a wasted half hour, but that's a time that I get to speak to Jesus and I get to see him pour into my life in Jesus name. And even if I come here and I get to listen to the boring speaker compared to the the better speaker over here, I mean, but, but man, you know, Jesus still, uh, there's still a refreshment and I still learn something from it. And I thank God that I have a chance to come into that. it's part of what the Sabbath is speaking about here. It's not meant to be that burden. But it's all about your perspective and the way that you're coming and thinking about these things and praying about them in Jesus' name. And so we see this in Luke in 4.16. says that he came to Nazareth. This is Jesus, where he had been brought up. And as, he, as the custom was, he went into the synagogue, and on the Sabbath day, he stood up for to read. And so it's, again, speaking that he went to these places and he did these things. A, a person named G.A. Smith said this. He says... What is indispensable for the redeemer must be indispensable for the redeemed. Meaning that the things that Jesus did or the things that Jesus was involved with needs to be things that we do and things that we are involved with because his life here on this earth was the perfect example of what we should strive to be like inside of this world. And so if Jesus himself went to these church gatherings, And if Jesus himself wanted to fellowship with these people, then that should be something that we also put inside of our lives because it is important. You begin to see the importance of that. And there are some lone wolves out, and and maybe somebody's listening to the live stream tonight that say, Man, you know, I just need my household. I don't need to go to a church or be involved with the church and that sort of stuff. Ultimately, what it comes down to is it's biblical to have a church body to be involved in a church body like this, because of what God promotes in an area like this, because of what God does. And not only that, but if Jesus did it, then we can't disregard and say, well, that's not for me. But it, always, it ultimately is because Jesus wants us to be filled. And so we see that these followers that early on, they began gathering on the first day of the week rather then on the seventh day to commemorate the Lord's resurrection. They began to change this around. So Old Testament, the last day was the Sabbath day of rest and coming together, but then they switched it, and in the New Testament, began to have the first day as their Sabbath day, which is now Sunday, and it's the first day of our week, the, the, fir- the start of our week, or something where you can get rejuvenated and kick off your week with the refreshment of Jesus. So it's a pretty incredible thing inside of that. And so... Again, scripture on this. It says, They continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. And so um, they basically began to meet. They began to get together and they saw the importance of having these things. It's fun to get together in fellowship with people in Jesus' name. And we also began to see the importance of this in the fact that things like Azusa Street, in those other ideas were you know azusa street in 1905 or 1906 whenever it was that they, they began to seek the face of God and they began to w- desire his presence or to have that Sabbath day and as a result they had I, I think it was two or three solid years where for non-stop there was prayer going up every single minute of every single day and not only that but people were being filled with the Holy Ghost if you look it up go to Google type in Azusa Street you will see newspaper articles where they're like man these holy rollers are going crazy they're now speaking in tongues and these I mean they just listed all this stuff but people were enthralled by it and it began to attract people and and bring people to the presence of God. I mean, if we if we go out there and, and we have that relationship with Jesus and, and we're encouraged and here, then we can take it to our community and begin to spread that idea out to our community in Jesus' name, and it will begin to impact people and, and be very positive. At that same event last night that Brother Scott and I were at, we you know I went up there and I, I spoke a little bit about it. I threw just a little piece of God in there, not, not a whole lot, but just a little piece in there, and afterwards, I had a gentleman come up and he says, hey, I'm looking for a church. Where's your church at? When are you serving? and that sort of thing. Didn't require much from that, but if, if I would have went up there and been like, man, I'm just so drained to God, I don't really think I should mention anything, you know, that sort of stuff. No, but I, I wanted to be refreshed in God and just even speak that stuff and be bold about it inside of our lives. And this is how we do it by letting Jesus be our power source. If if you're trying to go off of your flesh or off of your good works or the things that you're doing, it's going to fail you. It's going to be a, a power plant that runs out of coal or whatever you want to begin to say, it's just not going to that power but man when you hook into Jesus you just begin to have power all the time and not not that you always feel super great and not that you never get sick or that sort of stuff but you just know that there's something walking behind you that there's angels that are surrounding you and protecting you from certain things when you go into certain environments it begins to show you how powerful that Sabbath day can truly become if we are wanting to, to work inside of his kingdom in Jesus name and see that and so They would frequently gather together in addition to Sundays for spiritual growth, and they would have these times. And so, the Lord has not commanded the exact number of days to meet each week, but frequently withdrawing from our regular routines to join with other believers should figure prominently in our lives. We all realize that our times with believers are essential and a blessing, and nevertheless, it is easy and common for many believers to let things crowd their schedules perhaps because of a poor time management and then skip church in an attempt to catch up. Missing a single service or a time of fellowship will probably not cause a walk with God to come to a screeching halt, but a habit of missing them absolutely will. You begin to see this in people's lives and it kills me when I begin to see it at the beginning, especially from a leadership role where eventually, man, it's just one service a month and then it becomes two a month. And then it becomes three a month, and then all of a sudden there's no, no services in a month, and you just begin to think, man, like how did you not see this? How did you not feel the wonderful presence of God and want to be involved in that on those days in Jesus' name? There's nothing that is more important than coming and getting involved with Jesus. Nothing more important than being in prayer or beginning to seek his face and feel his heartbeat and his strive for us in Jesus' name. There's nothing more important than for leadership to be involved in that prayer room before speaking to classes or being on this platform. There's nothing more important than those things in this current time frame because we're speaking about eternity in this circumstance and we're not just speaking about a few hundred years or whatever it may be. We're speaking about eternity. Those other things are temporal, things that will fail and fall away. And we must have Jesus as a part of that. And so again, it says this in these scriptures here that we can't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching again that we come together there's importance inside of it to exhort one another and so much more we learned last week about you know brushing past people and beginning to smooth out rough edges and that sort of stuff and that will happen but it can also be encouraging in this i'll read you what the new living translation says it says and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near what powerful words is beginning to speak there that it is biblical to be in church it is biblical to to be here in a community of fellow believers it's not biblical to say I'm going to be a lone wolf and stand this thing out on my own and be perfectly fine and that sort of stuff I am opposed to that I don't think that scripture is really supporting of it but but this is meant to be an environment where we come together to be exhorting and encouraging to one another in Jesus name So let me ask you all a question. I know that you've been listening to me for a while here. But in your own experience, in what specific ways does being away from church services affect your walk with God? I'm just curious to hear maybe what some people would say. If you're away from services, how would it affect your walk with God? And maybe it's not you. Maybe it's just something you've seen in somebody else as well. throw that out. start listening to the world. Yeah. You begin to see a different voice become much louder in your life, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And it becomes much difficult. Yeah. That's a great answer. A great answer. Excuses. Yeah. yeah yeah you do you got to get rejuvenated because those excuses again another voice it's just going to get louder inside of our lives yes I feel the exact same way, um, especially during the summertime. And, and I can tell you that um, I'm probably not going to accept that too much longer. Um, you know, like it's just kind of part of it because I, I felt that myself. And I know what it feels like. And I just, I don't want to be in that place. I absolutely don't. And I, I don't like where it's at. And so I can, I can see God changing that um, particularly soon in Jesus' name. So there's some things that affect us. And these these things, these voices, they get louder and that sort of stuff, and we can't afford to miss this. And so, basically, what what the heart of this is, the heart of this, this Sabbath principle, and, and again, by speaking about the Sabbath principle, we're not saying that you have to choose a specific day and that entire day is dedicated to God. If you want to do that, that's cool and awesome. That's what God led you to do. but But what we are saying is that it's about setting the right priorities inside of your life. It's about... Uh, if you can't you know do a full day or whatever it is that did you set a specific point in your night or whatever. Brother Bernard wrote this in one of his leadership books that he said specifically for leaders, but also I think it applies to saints as well. He said that there has to be a day where you take a specific amount of time and you invest solely in you and in your family and in your relationship with God. And he just began to to speak about, um, you know, how you need to minister to, to your family and you need to minister to those people around you. And if you aren't spending time with them, then it's the same thing. You're forsaking Things that God has given to you to meant to be a strength or meant to be something that, that is strong for you as well. And so um, I have taken that into account in my life and I try to set aside at least one night a week. I can't usually do a full day. He recommended a full day, but I usually just try to do at least one night where I say absolutely nothing is going to be planned on this night. I'm not going to participate in anything. I'm not gonna be in those places. I'm gonna focus on me and God and I'm going to focus on, on some of those circumstances there because I, I want that relationship to be strong and what it is in Jesus' name. And so I'm just telling you all that because maybe it's an idea that you can use as well. And so we must place our relationship with God and our time with other believers as the priority of our spiritual lives, not the Friday night gigs, not the, the other things that are going on, but our relationship with God and our relationship with other believers as priority in our lives. And so... These two times believe to the believers are essential, but because most of our time will not be spent in worship and fellowship with others, other believers, it is the more critical in our private lives than to, um, I guess it brings this up, than to cultivate the habit of withdrawing from the busyness of life, resting in his presence, and attending to his word. There's been a misconception in church groups that the more work you do inside of the church, the more the stronger relationship you have with God. And that absolutely is not true. Uh, I have found that even you know on the, the platform, this sort of stuff, yeah, this ministers to me very much so, but it does not fulfill that need in my life to have a relationship with God, to be in that prayer room before that service. When I was teaching youth class, same thing, I enjoyed teaching youth class, but man, I had to be in the prayer room before that youth class in order to get what God wanted to give to me, because if I didn't, then man, this wasn't the thing that fulfilled me. And that's part of that busyness there, that sometimes we think just because we're teaching a Bible study or teaching a class, or we may be in you know these 10 million different ministries, and they're going strong and that sort of stuff that we're doing good with God, but you can completely be doing good in those ministries, and God's anointing will fall in those places, and God's anointing will move there, but if you don't have a specific relationship with God yourself, you're risking a lot, and it's dangerous, and I know I'm speaking to more leadership there and that sort of stuff, and I, I gotta be careful with some of that, but just some things to think about even if you aren't involved in some of that stuff, that we can do a lot of good works for Jesus and a lot of that that sort of thing, but we can completely miss having a Sabbath with him in our relationship with him in Jesus' name. So two of the most prominent spiritual disciplines that we need to have daily. These are the things that will keep your Sabbath going, and I'm sure that you all can guess them. Do you want to try guessing them? Prayer? and reading the Word. I'm going to use those two. Prayer and reading the Word. Fasting is a good one. It is, but prayer and reading the Word are two disciplines that we must absolutely have inside of our lives. Turn, uh, I know this isn't on the screen, but real quick, um, turn with me to Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 here. And uh, in, this, uh, in this, this, this verse, I just want to read this to you, um, because I thought it was important for this. It says, uh, Romans 12, chapter 12, in verse let's start with verse 1 it says i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto god which is your reasonable service in verse 2 it says be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of god there's no way that you're going to be able to renew your mind or renew who you are if you are not in prayer and in Bible reading as well in Jesus' name. There's many different ways to be involved in this. There's many different ways to get the word of God inside of your life. You know, one of the speakers at Youth Congress was speaking about praying an hour a day, and we think, oh my goodness, how can you pray an hour a day? Like, that's just insane. But if you truly begin to break it down and think, man, I'm going to pray 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes for lunchtime, 15 minutes after dinner at night, like, my goodness, I already have 45 minutes and so now I just need to find somewhere else to put 15 minutes in there. It's really not something that's super difficult. And, and, and if that sounds like something that's super large, just put five minutes in each one of those sections. And you can get up to 20 minutes a day and be praying 20 minutes a day. Not that we're just trying to stretch our time out. We want those prayers to absolutely matter and be something that connects with Jesus. So that's why it can be good to start small. But we can begin to grow inside of that. And then we have the bread program inside of, um, you know, to read your Bible. If you read just three and a half chapters a day, just three and a half chapters a day, you will read your Bible through in a full year. I figured that out one time with all the chapters that are in the Bible. So three and a half, that's all you have to read. So if you read four a day, then my goodness, you're doing pretty good. If you accidentally miss a day, you'll be caught up right away. And that next day, you can just go on to reading four chapters a day and just begin to get that word. And there's plenty of phone apps out there. And if you need some help, so I, I can help recommend some of those where you put the scripture on. And, and you know every morning you can get up and play that as you're in the shower or whatever, that sort of stuff. You can listen to the word of God. There's plenty of devotionals out there. There's plenty of things to be involved with. Um, You know, there's a book that uh, my friend um, wrote this in Ohio. It's called Simplify. It's a devotion that you can use every single day to kind of help you connect with some of that word. And he also created podcasts with it. Podcasts are another big thing that many people are are speaking of, scriptures and that sort of stuff. So don't let that take away from the true word of God, obviously. But there are things that can, can support what you're learning about. And God will speak to you through some of that stuff. So it's some some good things to learn and some good lessons in Jesus' name. And so other disciplines, such as fasting, are essential, especially as they aid in our praying and scripture reading. But prayer and scripture reading are daily disciplines without which spiritual renewal is impossible. Without those two things, if you're feeling dead, if you're feeling like Jesus is not impacting you, if you feel like that water is not flowing through you and you're not getting that refreshment that we're talking about here, consider how much you're praying on a daily basis and consider how much of his words you are taking in on a daily basis. Not a weekly basis, but a daily basis. If it's zero... maybe that's the reason that that refreshment isn't coming and maybe that's the reason that god isn't beginning to to impact you through that stuff because i i can't tell you how many times i've read a scripture in the morning and then you go to work and somebody begins to just spout something and boom that scripture's right there and and ready to go i mean it's powerful how god works through that stuff and it's just so cool It, it begins to show you that it's to not believe in a god is just it's foolish it's ridiculous and that sort of thing and so you see this with Jesus as well. Again, this example that we were talking about, that he is a man of prayer and a man of the word. If you, you can write these scriptures down and read them later of Luke chapter 4. But these are the scriptures where Jesus is tempted by Satan. And you see that his challenge back to Satan is saying, it is written, and he goes off down that list. And then, then Satan tempts him again. He says, it is written, and goes down that list again. The, the thing that Satan tempted Eve with is he twisted what God had told her. He twisted God's words to try to make it sound different, and he used that against her. But my goodness, when he does that towards us, which he absolutely will if you're inside, you know, living for, for God and that sort of stuff. But if you know what the scripture says, then you can say, Satan, that's foolish. God didn't say that that's going to happen, but he said, man, I, I got joy. He says, I have power over you, and you can't even be doing this stuff to me, so I'll, I'll see you later. He's going to take care of you later tonight or whatever. He's, he's my father. He knows what I need and that sort of stuff. I mean, yeah, I know I'm being silly about that, but you can truly begin to speak these things through the power that Jesus has spoken in his scripture. But you've got to know his word in order for that to happen. We will face innumerable and incessant distractions inside of our lives. They will not stop. And we cannot stop combating them by following Jesus' example and filling our lives with prayer and with God's word. We need those things in our life. We need to be filled with those things on a daily basis and in so many different ways. And we think about this. I, 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 I mean, it's just incredible what can happen as a result of this. Scripture does not reveal that it should be a significant part of it's it, Sorry. It reveals that it should be a significant part of our day. I didn't think that sounded right. But, and so in Romans 12, 12, it says that we need to continue steadfastly in prayer. In First Thessalonians 5, 17, it says that we are to pray without ceasing. And, and then it begins to say, and, and David declared that the blessed person's delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doeth he meditate day and night in Psalm one and two. You see the Psalms that David wrote and he was able to really feel the heartbeat of God as he was writing that. When you read those, you can begin to sense some of God's emotions through that. And the only reason that you can sense that is because David had enough of a relationship with God to put that stuff down on pages and to see what what we as as human beings are thinking, but also what God is thinking. So here's some questions to ask yourself and and some things to, to maybe check yourself on tonight. Is what I am currently doing working? That is, do I generally have the joy and the peace of the Lord? Do I generally have love in my heart for God and for others? Do I generally overcome the temptations that come against me? In other words, is it obvious that the renewing power of God is at work in my life? If we confess, well, not really to any of these, then we obviously need to invest more time in these two disciplines. It's very simple. Just two disciplines. Prayer and Bible reading. Prayer and Bible reading. Just start working on those things. You don't have to become some super apostolic Christian person with the best looking tie around. Just prayer and Bible reading. And that will begin to draw you. Each morning before we dive into our school or work, we all should give ourselves in prayer and to prayer and to the word throughout the day instead of being constantly glued to our phones and computers we should unplug and give ourselves to prayer and to the word what is God speaking if you can put the scripture on inside of your workplace you could have a playing in your office whatever it may be you can have those places where God can just begin to impact you as well our experience of the presence and power of God is directly proportional to the amount of time we spend in prayer and in the word. Little time, little power. Much time, much power. Inconsistent time, inconsistent power. If you do not believe this, I want to take you to a scripture here. We have a few more minutes tonight, but, and then I'll finish this up. But let's go to John chapter 1. And I want to show you this. This is a perfect example of reading this morning, and God giving me something that that just fits right in with this, and and he can do this all for you as well. But John chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 45. This is a scripture here where Jesus is coming on the scene, and he's beginning to call his apostles to him, and he begins to speak some things here that I think are very powerful and applied to this lesson, and why it is important to have a Sabbath day in him. Verse 45, it says this, Philip findeth Nathanael, and he said unto him, these two are, are brothers, and so Philip finds Nathanael. And he says, we have found him, of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. He's saying, Nathanael, we have found him. The guy that they have prophesied about, we have found him. He's the real deal. And he says, and Nathanael said unto him, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Basically saying, man, are you sure? I don't know if this is real. And Philip said unto him, come and see you got to see this for yourself if you're questioning it so jesus saw nathaniel coming to him and he said of him behold an israelite indeed in whom is no guile and nathaniel said unto him how do you know me and jesus answered and said unto him before that philip called you when you were under the fig tree i saw you and so nathaniel answered and said unto him rabbi you are the Son of God and you are the King of Israel. He begins to realize pretty quickly, man, this guy appears to be Jesus. And so Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto you, I saw you under the fig tree. Believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these here. So he's amazed that he's seeing Jesus there. He's amazed that, uh, man, this, you're the Messiah. You're the true one. I'm excited about this. But Jesus is like, well, you're going to see better than this. You're going to see more than this. And he said unto him, he says this, verily, verily, I say unto you, hereafter ye shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man how crazy is that? He's like, man, I'm, I'm stoked about Jesus here. And Jesus is like, well, you're not just going to see me, but you're going to see the heavens open and these things ascending and descending. You see what the importance was here is Nathaniel had to first of all find Jesus, but then Nathaniel had to develop a relationship with Jesus. And without that relationship with Jesus, he would never have that opportunity to see those angels ascending and descending, I know as apostolics we get crazy about praying for people, seeing them healed, seeing the miraculous, seeing the powerful. But what Jesus is truly telling us is that we need a Sabbath time to connect with him so that we learn how to walk hand in hand with him. And then when we begin to walk hand in hand with him, then we will begin to see those supernatural things just begin to happen because he is with us, because we feel that powerful there. See, you begin to see what the essentialness of, of, of the Sabbath day how how essential it is for us to be in that prayer room because we need to seek jesus out and not the miracles we need to seek him out in his presence more so than those miracles nathaniel didn't come running to him saying man i want to see all these miracles jesus and this and that he says man i want to see you jesus i want to feel you i want to have a relationship with you jesus And as a result, Jesus says, man, you're going to see more incredible things than that because you are walking hand in hand with me on a daily basis. So I know that prayer and, and Bible reading it sounds so elementary and that sort of thing, but it's the basics, it's the truth that's going to put us hand in hand with Jesus and begin to show us those things around us in Jesus' name. How powerful would it be that that you're praying in the morning and God says, man, somebody's gonna be healed today in your workplace, and you're just like, well, thank you, Jesus, but I'm gonna walk with you. And you walk through your your workplace and somebody's healed and they come running to you and like, man, I don't know what you prayed for me or, or that sort of thing, but man, I feel like my body's been healed. I mean, how powerful are those things when we begin to think about that? God will begin to open opportunities if we are just walking hand in hand with him. And it is really just that basic and that simple. Same thing with the spiritual thing. If spiritual things begin to bombard you and attack you, if you're walking hand in hand with Jesus, you can begin to think, you know what? God, you got this. You got this taken care of and and that sort of thing. You don't even necessarily really have to proclaim a lot of different things. You just have to say, God, I believe you have this, but I want to have a relationship with you and sit across from the table undistracted, just in your presence, seeing these angels ascend and descend. But the only way that you're going to be able to do that is if we let go of some of these things and we have a true Sabbath with him, a true desire to get in the prayer room when God has asked us to be in the prayer room, a true desire to spend that time inside of our household in, the, in, in our household prayer room on a daily basis, a true desire to get in his word in Jesus name. I know I'm extending this out, but I, I just want want to emphasize what God wants to be spoken here tonight. Nathaniel had a desire for Jesus, not for the miracle. And because he had a desire for for jesus then then man the miracles came as a result of that and the power of god came as a result of that in jesus name it's incredible when we begin to put sabbaths inside of our lives so in jesus name let me finish this out and we can pray in jesus name but he says this come on to me all you that are that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly and heart, and you shall find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's like a double deal. It's a good, good thing. You're coming to Jesus. You're not only get, having your burdens taken off, but my goodness, those miracles are things that are beginning to follow you as a result of building that relationship with him in jesus christ not that we're seeking there and we're saying god i desire miracles in my life and i desire miracles in my life and that sort of thing you can keep praying that all you want but 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 herod at one point if you see jesus in his last days that herod brought jesus before him because he wanted to see those miracles is what the bible says and he says jesus i want to see these things show me them and Jesus just sat there dead silent, didn't answer him anything as Herod was trying to provoke him to create these miracles there and that sort of stuff. I'm not saying that we're Herod by any means, but what I'm saying is that, man, Jesus doesn't want to be provoked like that. We do, he wants to be sought and he wants to be seeked as our Savior in Jesus' name. And so the Sabbath principle, it, it is a call to enter the Lord's rest by taking off the yoke of busyness. And taking on an easy yoke of total devotion to Him. You get that refreshment. You you get that refilling from Him. And man, you get to walk into your workplace that next day and feel His power and His might in Jesus' name. And so sometimes we do not realize that we have taken on the yoke of busyness. But as with Martha, sometimes the Lord must directly correct us for it. I just want to read this short paragraph here. And then we will... Pray in Jesus' name. It says, one afternoon I got in my car. I reached to turn on the radio as I was heading off to lunch, and the Lord spoke to me, You fill your life with a bunch of noise, so you cannot hear me. Noise? I started thinking through how I had been spending my time. In the morning, I would get in my car to go to work, and I would turn on the radio, get riled up listening to talk radio. I would arrive at work, and well, work. And I would get in my car and go to lunch, and again, I would turn on the radio and get riled up some more. I would come back from work and I, or to work, and I would work some more. I would leave work, and I would drive home, and then would spend time with my family, read email, check on social media and other websites, watch some YouTube videos, read, and on and on. Then, not before long, I went to bed. I would pray a bit. I would read the Bible a little bit, and this pattern went on for a while until the Lord spoke. As I thought about the individual things I was doing, it struck me that none of them were inherently sinful. Maybe the getting riled up part was a little close, but nevertheless, I had created an environment that made it almost impossible for me to hear God or even seriously think of him. I was distracted by other things, and those things in and of themselves were not sinful, but together they were leading me to neglect the Lord." The solution was simple. Embrace the Sabbath principle. Withdraw. Rest. Sit at Jesus' feet and listen. The Lord was not going to shout over the noise of my attention. I had to turn down the noise, and like Mary, I had to choose the good part, which would not be taken away from me. If we could stand tonight, I think tonight that God has spoken to all of us, that he is absolutely calling us to change and transform some things in our lives and so tonight is a perfect time where you can begin that commitment where you can speak it out to god if you need to apologize to him you certainly can but you can also begin to proclaim god where you're going to change things and and that sort of thing god we believe that here tonight in this place, God, that for every person you have spoken this tonight, God, you have shown us your desire to have a relationship with us, God, as human beings, God, you have shown us your desire to speak to us on a daily basis through your word and through prayer, God, I pray that that would fall upon every person in this place, God, that you would put a hunger and a desire inside of our hearts, God, to seek you daily, God, to seek your presence daily, Lord, in what you want to speak to us, God. help our eyes to be open, Lord, to your word daily. Let its words begin to grow and live inside of our hearts, God, and change those places and those environments around us, God. Lord, I pray that you would begin to put that desire upon every person here, God, Lord, that we would desire to come to church and in your presence, Lord, that if there's anything that Satan has sown in our mind, God, or our flesh has begun to put in our mind, God, that that would begin to be dismissed so that your truth of refreshment, God, the truth of your joy, God, the truth of your yoke being light can begin to fill and flood into our lives, God, and in our families, in our households. Lord, we believe absolutely that you can do that, Lord, that you can speak through these people and speak to them as they begin to seek you, God. I believe, Lord, you will clarify things to them, God, that you will clarify how holy you are, God, and the things that you have for them, Jesus, through these principles that are going to come across here tonight, Lord. We believe that in this place, Lord, that you have spoken that and that desire. And I thank you for your presence here tonight in Jesus' wonderful, wonderful name. Amen and amen. Let's just thank him one last time for his presence and how great he truly is.